Today's sermon is entitled Victory Over Death. Victory Over Death. And it's something that we're going to address off and on as we go through the book of Romans. But especially uh, during this week, it's a message I really wanted to preach on because of something that happened. But before I get into what happened, I want to ask you, death, are you ready for it? You know, death's something we don't hear a lot of in the world, and we don't hear a lot about it even in the church. Quite often, if you go to a modern funeral after somebody has passed away, they don't even call it a funeral. They call it a celebration of life or a memorial of life, which is fine. We talk about the great things the person did, uh, all their loved ones share about them. But you very rarely hear anyone bring up the fact that we should be considering where is that person that was here yesterday or a couple days ago who, who we were with, now they have passed away, they have died. Where are they now? That eternal perspective that we should be considering as Christians is very important. And Charles Spurgeon, I couldn't find the quote, I need to find it, but he said, you know, death is something that Christians really should be thinking about quite often. Because the Christian walk is really a walk towards that final day when we get to leave this messed up world and we get to go rest in the Lord. We get to leave this battlefield and go rest in the Lord. You see? So death for us is a glorious time. When someone dies, we should reflect on the reality of death. What happens when we leave this physical existence? These are questions that have been considered since the beginning of time. And the only way that these questions have been addressed properly and truthfully and proficiently are through the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the only way to understand death is through understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 58. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That really sums up so much of the last few weeks' sermons as we've been talking about the law and the gospel. The sting of death is sin. We die because we have sinned and broken God's law, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Even though we are condemned by the law, we're saved through the atoning sacrifice if we place our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ and serve him. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. For someone in ministry... In this day and age, one of the most comforting verses you can read is always abounding, uh, is therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Because of the prevalence of false teachings and the decay of so much of the modern church, if you're proclaiming the truth of the gospel, you just have to accept the fact that you're going to constantly take abuse. People are not going to like what you say, and it's not going to be appreciated. But the Lord sustains you and brings you through. And during this last week, where it says, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord, was especially meaningful to me. And I'll explain why as we move forward in today's message. And what happened in this last week is, I'm sure you guys have seen anybody that's followed the ministry for a while, every Sunday, we will put an announcement on Facebook, and there's a really cool graphic. Whatever the, the message is, there's a graphic uh, that, that, that conveys visually 
what that message is. And for the last three or four years, that graphic has been provided by, by my friend Terry. And what I would do is every Saturday or Sunday, I would Sunday morning, I would send him the, the title of the sermon and the scriptures, and he would look at it, and he would come up with that graphic, and then he would post that on Facebook to, uh, to promote that our service was coming up. Well, Terry started, uh, he's been ill for a while with diabetes and other complications and heart issues. Um, and a few months ago, uh, probably six months to a year ago, he, he, he told me that he was just concerned that, that he wouldn't be around that much longer. And I told him, I said, you're not that old. You need to um, not think that way. Uh, and we, don't, we want you here, you know, so stay with us, be healthy and um, let's continue in the work that we're doing. So uh, he's continued to deteriorate in his health and uh, to make a long story short, um, his wife, Margie, uh, contacted me Monday morning and Terry had passed away. And it was really a surprise. We knew he was declining. Terry knew that he was not going to be with us much longer. His wife, Margie, knew. Um, I thought he had another month or so. He thought that. Margie thought that. She had just told me, I think, a day or two before um, that, that they had told him that he had at least three weeks to a month. And then the next day, uh, he was gone. So when Margie told me this, obviously I was very sad and I was shocked by it because I, I was actually that morning laying in bed right before I got her text or her message, um, planning to go see Terry that week. And I was thinking about what scriptures I could share with him that would give him comfort knowing that he was at the end of his time here on this physical plane. And then I get up and I check my messages and find out that that he had left us, that he had he had passed away just an hour or two before, right when I was laying in bed and thinking about what I was going to share with him. So as I comprehended and I just was sitting here in my office thinking about Terry and um, praying for him and praying for Margie that she was going to be okay and the rest of their family, um, you know, I was, I was grieved by his passing. But then something happened, and I think Christians are the only ones that can understand this. And that's what I wanted to share with you guys today, uh, because I think this is the way Terry would want us to, I guess you could say, use his passing to use his death. He would want it used in the cause of the gospel. Let's look at Romans 1, 16 through 17, and I'll explain more of what I'm talking about. Paul writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. But I especially, I especially want you to pay attention to, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone that believes. That has a lot to do with the message today. So knowing Terry is with the Lord brings me great joy. See, and after I, I was sad, I was upset that he was gone. I was, I was, I was angry at myself that I didn't go see him sooner. I didn't realize he had such short time. I should have been there sooner. I just, I planned to go see him that day or the next day. And that was taken away from me. But as I worked through that and I started thinking things through, I started experiencing this joy and it has to do with the gospel. So, uh, that joy started with the fact that I knew Terry was with the Lord. But then looking back at why I knew Terry was with the Lord is what really 
gave me an amazing peace and a joy at his passing. So I, uh, it was a blessing to be able to look back over the last three or four years in which Terry was a part of our church. Terry was very faithful in service to the church and to myself. He's helped me so much in ministry by taking care of so much of the technical stuff with the, with the graphics, posting the videos on YouTube. Um, he helped me so much. He was always a blessing to me. He served the Lord through our church, and he helped me every single Sunday. He was always there to make sure that I had what I needed technologically to make the sermon as effective as possible. And one thing that, you know, that, that always just amazed me about Terry is he was always, he always came through even when I didn't. You know, preparing my sermons, I, I, I prepare very complex sermons usually. And quite often I would send him my sermons, sometimes an hour before the service starts. And by the time the service started, he had everything ready to go. He had all the scripture references up on the screen, even though I had dropped the ball because I kept rewriting and rewriting. He always had it ready on time. And that always impressed me. And he never got angry at me about it. Uh, when I would go off my notes when, when I was preaching and completely go away from what I had given him, he would patiently wait and he would always stay right with me when I would come back. He was, it was a great team that we had at him making sure that the verse references were up on the screen. Carrie just shared something. She said he baked unleavened bread once and shared it with us for communion. He always did those, those extra things, which were just very special. He was just a, a very kind, loving man. Uh, his graphics almost always conveyed the spirit of the sermon in an amazing way. I mean, really, in, in the two, three or four years, there was one graphic that just was way off, and he knew it. He told me when I got to church, he said, I'm sorry, man. I just drew a blank. This one just doesn't work. And I said, no, it's okay. That's, that's one that just wasn't, it was good, but it wasn't perfect in three or four years. He was so good at, at supplying these graphics. So I'm going to miss Terry for his friendship, for his fellowship, and for his talents. God gave him gifts that he used to serve the Lord. And I know his family and his wife, they're going to miss him. You know, so those in our church that knew him, we're going to miss him. Uh, he, 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 there's a void there that he left behind. But it was a blessing to know him, and I praise the Lord that he came into our lives. Now I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Now I want you to think about that verse as I go through this. Um, and this is where I got a lot of joy because I looked back at how I first came to know Terry. And it's a very special memory for me. Um, as everybody knows, who knows my story, I have a history of alcoholism and drug abuse. That was years ago. I've been, I don't even know, clean and sober for 28 or 29 years now. Three or four years ago, five years ago, Terry was going through the same thing. Uh, he was drinking a lot. He was really struggling. And if I remember correctly, he got a DUI and he was sent to a rehab. And anybody that's familiar with the Recovery Reformation Ministry knows that rehabs pretty much are a waste of time. They cost a ton of money and they basically just funnel people into the false teachings of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 steps. And if you're watching this and you're not familiar with those false teachings, please take some time. Go to our website, recoveryreformation.org go to the Exposing Recovery page and you will see 
proof of show, showing how uh, those programs teach a false gospel that's directly in contradiction to Jesus Christ. Those programs lead people away from the gospel and into eternal destruction. I was in it for, for 12 or 13 years. And you can listen to my story there too. My testimony is on that website. So you can see where I'm coming from. I'm not going to get into that too much now. But anyway, Terry got this DUI. He was in rehab and his stepson, Justin, who's a good friend of mine, called me. He explained what was happening and he said, um, do you think we could go see Terry in rehab? And I said, yeah, uh, that's fine. It was this place here in uh, Boise. It's called Intermountain. It's just a, a typical 12-step rehab place that just recycles people through. Um, so Justin and I met up. We went down there to meet Terry. And I'll never forget when we met with him. Uh, Justin has a story similar to mine. But when we, we went in, we told him we were there to meet with Terry. They put us in a, in a room and they said, well, he'll be in in just a second. So Terry came in and we all sat down. This room that we met in at this rehab center was like a shrine to Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 Steps. Had all these sofas in there. Every table had a big book on it. That's the Alcoholics Anonymous book. And then on the wall were these banners, two banners like 10 feet long with the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 Traditions. Absolute heresy that directly contradicts the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the room we're sitting in meeting Terry. It was just the three of us in there. So it was pretty amazing that that's where they put us. Now, I want you to look at 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16 before I continue. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place, even in a room that's a shrine to false teachings that are really demonic. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved, and among those who are perishing, to the one an aroma from death to death, to the other an aroma from life to life, and who is adequate for these things. Paul was talking about the fact that when we share the gospel with someone, the Holy Spirit is speaking through us, and that message is either going to save or condemn someone. They will reject it because they want nothing to do with Christ, or the Holy Spirit will move on their heart. He will bless them with understanding. They will be born again, and he will bring them to believe through that gospel message. So even though we are in that room with Terry, and he was in such a bad sp spot, anybody that's, that, that's, that's suffered with alcoholism or drug addiction knows what his mental state and his emotional state and his spiritual state was like then. He was beat down. He was guilty. He was remorseful. He hated himself. He didn't know what to do. But Justin and I got to go in there, and the Lord manifested through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in spite of the place that we were at. That's why this verse is so beautiful. If you've ever shared the gospel with someone, you'll understand what that's talking about. So we went in there, and we sat down with Terry, and... Justin and I shared what we had been through personally. He had, he understood because Justin is a stepson. He had a pretty good understanding of what Justin had went through when he was struggling with alcoholism and how the Lord set him free through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Justin never bothered going to any programs, any rehabs. He was a horrific drunk. He thought he was going to die from it. The power of the gospel saved him from it. 
He turned, he repented, he followed Christ, and he never looked back. He's been sober for like 10 or 15 years now, you see? So Justin shared his story. And then I sat and I shared my story. My story also, beyond drug addiction and alcoholism, I explained how horrific that was. But then I told him, I said, I've done this AA thing. And I pointed at those banners. I always remember this meeting so vividly. I said, I was drawn into that false teaching. And after 12 or 13 years of working those steps, following those traditions, living the AA program, it brought me to a point of insanity and darkness that I never want to experience again because I was on a path to destruction and it just got darker and darker and darker. And then we made clear to Terry that he was there because of sin. See, because that rehab place was telling him he had a disease. He'd never be healed of his disease. They believe that alcoholism, and they, they, they teach that alcoholism and drug addiction is a disease. It's not your fault. You'll never be healed from it. So you just got to work these steps. You got to do these programs. That's the only way you can stay sober. That is an absolute flat-out lie. The Bible clearly teaches in multiple places that alcoholism and drug addiction are sin. Look at Galatians 5, 19 through 21. It talks about drunkenness and it talks about sorcery. Sorcery in the original Greek is the word pharmakia, from which we derive the English word pharmaceutical. Sorcery is drug addiction. Drunkenness is alcoholism. So drunkenness and alcoholism, or alcoholism and, and drug addiction are clearly sin. So we got that across to Terry and shared that with him. Now I want to make one point right here. One thing that really struck me is if you know Terry, he's a talker and he's a joker. If Terry gets uncomfortable in a situation or comfortable in a situation, he just jokes all the time. That's fine. That's just his personality. And I can tell you probably 90% of the people that, that I talk to that are in the same situation as Terry, they talk more than they listen trying to counsel addicts and alcoholics in that situation is always frustrating because all they want to do is explain everything, tell you what they think they know, what they need to do to get better, rather than listening to what you have to say. So it can be very frustrating. Terry sat and listened to what Justin said and to what I said. He didn't try to downplay it. He didn't try to lighten it. You could tell that the Holy Spirit was doing a work in him as we were sharing this with him, and then we started sharing the gospel with him. You see? You could see that something was happening. And I always remember that. That's why this is such a special experience. Because you got to see the Holy Spirit working in someone through the power of the gospel. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, 20 through 21. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. See, if Terry would have got sober, but he wouldn't have heard the gospel and he wouldn't have come to Christ, he would have not have been reconciled to God and he still would have been on a road to destruction. He still would have been in condemnation because of his sin. And that's true for anybody that's in those programs. They think everything's fine because they're not drinking or using anymore. They're still dead in their sins and trespasses. And Justin knew, and I knew, that we couldn't leave Terry 
on that path. We had to do everything we could to try to get him on the one true path, which is the path of salvation in Jesus Christ. You see? So after Justin spoke to him and I spoke to him, I pointed at those banners on the wall with the AA 12 steps and the 12 traditions. And I told Terry that he needed to make a choice. That he was at a point where he needed to decide which road he was going to take. He could stay in rehab. He could do what they told him to do. He could follow the AA program and the 12 steps. That's what the rehab was trying to get him to do. Or he could do as Justin and I had. He could seek Jesus Christ to truly know him, to trust him, and to have faith in him. Now, another little angle to this that makes this really interesting is Terry was raised Roman Catholic. So he had a lot of confusion about spiritual matters. See, people that come out of Roman Catholicism, especially if you become a drug addict or an alcoholic, you also get that accumulated guilt of years that the Roman Catholic Church piles on people's shoulders because you're told that you have to atone for your own sins. You have to um, uh, make up for anything you've done sinful that's contrary to what the church tells you you should do. It's a works-based salvation. So anybody that's studied works-based salvations, any false religion like Roman Catholicism, Mormonism, anything like that, it weighs people down. It puts burdens on their shoulders because everyone suffers in the flesh. We all strive against sin. But true Christians that have trust and faith in Jesus Christ, we know that Christ has paid for that. He's taken it from us, and it's no longer a burden that we have to bear. We leave it at the cross. So Terry had all that on top of it. So this is where the Holy Spirit was especially powerful because he quickly unwound all those false teachings from Roman Catholicism and opened Terry's eyes to the truth of the gospel. So we told him, you can stay here, do what this rehab tells you, follow this AA program and these 12 steps, or you could do what Justin and I have done and you can seek Christ and have true freedom because that's what we've been blessed with. You see? We told him he could either stay in rehab or he could join with us and he could become a part of our church. That's where we left it at this point. This is very important to understand if you witness to people. We just said, which way do you want to go with what we've told you? If you want to, if you want to seek Jesus Christ, come with us, join our church, and we'll help you. And praise the Lord because Terry decided to seek the Lord, and he joined us. He made that decision that day that he did not want that path, that it almost killed me. He wanted Christ. So he responded to the gospel. But this is very important to understand. We didn't ask Terry to say a sinner's prayer and then pat him on the, uh, you know, give him a good luck pat on the back. Instead, what did we do? His discipleship began. See, one of the biggest mistakes that so many in the modern church make is they'll share a rendition of the gospel and they'll say, repeat this prayer after me, pat the person on the back and say, good job, now you're a Christian, you're part of the body of Christ, and you move on to the next person. Where is the sinner's prayer in scripture? And how is that raising up disciples? You see? Now, we shared the gospel with him, said, do you want to seek Christ? He said, yes, and we said, come with us. That's how you win souls to the kingdom. I don't know if he was saved that minute or if he was saved a year later listening to my sermons Sunday after Sunday because I preach the gospel constantly. 
not taking credit for that. The Holy Spirit does it through me. You see? So he didn't say a sinner's prayer, and we didn't just pat him on the back. Instead, we began discipling him. You see? Did Terry have a perfect life from that point? No. He went through some trials. He screwed up a couple times. Folks, that's Christianity in this world. You know, you go on Facebook and social media and you see these, these big, fancy, shiny churches and everybody looks all shiny and happy and perfect. That's not Christianity. See, that's why Christ hung out with the sinners when he was here, because he understood what a drudgery this life can be. So some of the most powerful, effective, passionate, zealous, and fervent Christians that you will find are the ones that have been through radical peaks and valleys in their walk. And at the beginning of Terry's walk with the Lord, he had some peaks and valleys, but then he sort of just cruised, you see? But I know he heard the gospel over and over again. He was faithful to our church. He was faithful to me. And most importantly, he was faithful to the Lord. And I know his wife told me that just a few days before he died, when they were talking about the fact that he was going to be dying, he told her, I have peace with the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. That's where you get joy. That's where I have joy because of Terry's death. You know, and I'll never forget, six, seven months ago, Terry asked me if I would preach about heaven. After he told me the fact that his health was deteriorating, he knew he didn't have very long, he asked me if I would preach about heaven. So I preached a couple sermons on the topic of heaven. Not easy thing to preach about because we don't know. We can't even comprehend what heaven's going to be like. I really, all I could preach on was the fact that it's going to be amazing because we're going to be free of this sinful flesh and we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. You will have the joy of the Lord and you'll rest in him. That's what Terry has now. You see? He's in so much of a better place than we are. <laughs> so much better. It's, it's an amazing blessing. So with that, I'm going to close on this because it's especially meaningful to what I just talked about. Right before the Lord ascended after his trial and his crucifixion and his three days in the tomb and his resurrection and appearing to his disciples, he said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, Terry gives me a sense of victory. And I know my friend Justin looks at it that way as well. We can look and say we snatched one from Satan. You see, he didn't get that one. That was a victory for the kingdom of God. We can't take credit for it. The Holy Spirit's, Spirit is the one that brought us in front of Terry, enabled us to share the gospel. It's God's work that was being done. But how awesome to be able to look back at, at the time when someone dies and see the, the change in their path and to see them seeking the Lord and to say victory. You see? Because that's really all a church does. All a church should do is win souls to Christ and help those souls as they walk to their grave so that when they go into that grave, they are into the arms of Jesus Christ. That's what Terry got to be blessed with. And his wife told me when she came and found him and he had passed away, he had a very peaceful look on his face. That's common with Christians. See? Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Terry, for the friendships that you bless us with, for the opportunity to share the gospel. Lord, I ask that every person that hears this, if they don't know you, that you would pierce their hearts and that you would create in them a desire to know you and that they would seek you and strive to know you and that you would strengthen those that do know you and you would do a mighty work in your church, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you guys, I want to thank you for watching. Uh, our ministry needs support badly. Please, please consider doing so. You can do so by visiting our website at the way, the letter R, 122.org. Just go to the donate page. Uh, please be in prayer that this coronavirus thing comes to an end. I don't want to sound selfish, but I need it to come to an end so I can start planning my next Kenya trip. I miss them so much. I can't wait to get back there. There's so much work that we want to do there with uh, preaching the gospel, helping our new churches, our new locations get rolling, water projects. And I just feel like I just want all this to go away so we can continue on this work that I love so much. So thank you for watching. Until next week, God bless you.